Hello friends, you're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boyd. I'm here with Safa Shokrai. Yeah. We've known each other a long time. We've toured together a little bit. And I'm going to let you say the name of this town we're in. Pinol. Pinol. It looks a little bit dirty. It's written <laughs> Pinol, California. And I'm just passing through. I just left Berkeley today and on my way to Sacramento. And uh, Safa lives up here. And I've just been informed also that the house you live in, Metallica has played here. Their manager their used manager. to live here. Yeah, that's this was their manager's house in the eighties. <laughs> in the eighties, yeah. Okay, yeah. I got to see the room where Metallica played. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, it doesn't look very metal where we are right now. It looks very, very beautiful. Yeah, but yeah, man. So I just want to hear about your your worst show ever. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't the show; it was the after show. Okay. So um, this was in um, Germany, and I think we were in East Germany somewhere. Uh, this was I was touring with with the Drift, and we were supporting Mono. Oh, cool. Okay. Which for those those who don't know is a great Japanese yeah rock Mono's band. Killer. Yeah, kind of. I've heard them described. I forget who said this. Uh, heavy metal Ennio Morricone. Okay. Which is pretty good. That's I pretty can see accurate. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyways, and, and they played freaking loud. Yeah. Shit. Anyways, <laughs> so we played we played in some town. It was, the show was at like some very remote industrial area um, in some giant warehouse. And uh, afterwards, the promoters asked us to follow them. In our van, and you know they'll take us to where we were sleeping. Right. So we followed them to this guy's apartment in in the downtown area of town, like the yeah. city center. And um, he answers the door, and this is where it got super weird. Now it was us dudes. There's four of us dudes, and then uh, my friend, uh, who was kind of happened to be in Europe and wanted to come hang at the show. Yeah. Um, so she came with us too. So we all arrive at this guy's house apartment. He, and he opens the door, and, and um, he's hanging out in his tidy whities Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice, super nice guy, you know. He's, like, yeah. very friendly, like, excited for us to be there and right. have us. And, you know, he's he's got, uh, like, a like a guest book that he wants us to sign. You know, he uh, really super sweet, you know. Yeah. The only thing was the entire time he's talking to us, the whole from the moment he answered the door... He had his hand in his shorts, and he was just like <laughs> playing ping pong, like, <laughs> furiously. I mean, it was. <laughs> wow. Wait. Yeah. Like, like, did he not? You think he didn't notice it, or did it's, he just it seemed? Like... I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard for me to fathom, but it seemed like it was no big deal to him. Like either he didn't realize it, or he was just like, whatever. It's cool. I don't know. Huh. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so, I mean, we're we're just, like, trying to focus on what he's saying, and everyone, I'm pretty sure, was just like, what the hell is going on here? And, and you know, at one point, I think, um, he, he, like, uh, with his other hand, he went to, like, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, and I have some treats, some snacks or something, and uh, he went to grab something. And we all simultaneously were like, no, that's okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
yeah, you know, otherwise it was fine. It was really sweet. Um, it creeped us out a little, but it was fine. And then we crashed because uh, it was super late. And the next morning, same thing. Okay. Same thing. So in his tidy whities Yeah, he just... wakes up and he's like offering us coffee. And, you yeah. know, I think, I, I, I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure we, we refused everything that he offered us. <laughs> just because it somehow seemed gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was and that was it. Just just like the whole time you were there, he was just. Yeah, I mean, it was a super his... brief stay. It just, it's all stuck with me because it was so weird. Yeah. And I and I still wonder about it, you know. And I, <laughs> it's like, did he was it unconscious? Right. That seems like the big question. Like, did he, like, did he think? Look, it's my house. I'll do what I want. Or yeah. do you just think, hey, we're we're all adults here. We all we all have genitals. <laughs> or not? or Why is that just something them? they like? Is it like like you know, or scratching just... her nose or something for him? He's just, right. You know, but you're saying like nonstop the whole time. Yeah. 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 No, I mean that's his one. We never saw his one hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that feels. I wasn't there, obviously, but that that feels much more like it might be some kind of, like, thing that like a compulsion or something. That yeah, he, it could be. Yeah. That he doesn't know how to not do or something. That's that's def that's definitely possible. Yeah. So the other question that came up for me, like, to the promoters, they know this guy. Uh huh. Like, either this is the first time he's ever spent the entire duration of someone's stay with his hand in his underwear or that's like his his thing and he always does it and then the promoters were also like yeah what what he's just, that's that's normal maybe that's just a thing they have in that town you know that's like a mannerism oh you know maybe <laughs> that's, that's what just... i heard about dresden <laughs> uh that's not been my experience in Dresden, but, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's the neighborhood. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> when you're the promoter and you hook some a band up with a place to stay, usually my experience is like usually you get a someone who they think will be a good host. And if it's not, I mean, I've had this experience before where maybe it's not an ideal host, but the promoter kind of warns you and like, hey, just so you know, like like the only place we could find was this and there's these are issues with it right sorry but right. you know just a heads up and usually it's fine but they didn't give you a heads up i you know i don't remember anything like that but i was i was hanging out with my friend most of the time yeah. so maybe there was a talk that i missed okay and uh, the rest of the it was also got yeah briefed yeah the, maybe briefed on the briefs maybe but <laughs> oh oh <laughs> but uh uh yeah, I don't remember anything like that, and um, it's all kind of hazy anyways, because it was super late at night, and I think it was, like, late in the tour. Yeah. Kind of roll with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, know? I mean, it's not, like, so awful that we were going to call the dudes and complain about it. And be right. Like, this guy's just, no, you know? I mean, that's what like, also makes it stranger, is that everything else about him sounds like he was really sweet. He was very nice, sweet, yeah. Hospitable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had, he had the... The sleeping situation all set up for us, yeah. you know. Um, really sweet dude, yeah. It was just that one little quirk that made everything yeah. kind of sinister. I don't know. <laughs> was it weirder? Like, I'm just thinking everyone in the drift is 
a fella. Yeah. Is, was it weirder for your, your lady friend? Or, I don't know. I don't think she felt, uh, I think she had the same reaction as all of us. Yeah. I mean, maybe if it was, if it had just been her, she probably would have been kind of worried. Yeah. But <laughs> with, with us dudes, I think she was not worried about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Those guys are funny. Um, just re- I'm remembering other stuff from that tour now. Sure. We're talking yeah. about it. I think that was the same year we did the U.S. tour with them, too. I oh, with remember. Mono. Yeah. Right, right. And um, they had some just some funny mannerisms and things. Like, I yeah. remember they loved horrible American food. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Wendy's and... You know, fast yeah. food they were really into. <laughs> I remember the seeing the bass player Tamaki. Yeah. Coming out of a gas station, really excited with one of those like foot long jerky sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a funny thing about when you're when you're from another country. I mean, I don't think we can actually get how this feels because the U.S. is such an exporter of culture, mm-hmm. like really on a level that no other country is now yeah i guess that, so, yeah. that i've had several experiences of like touring with europeans i guess yeah you pretty much just europeans who are like like oh my god this is the, this is the that thing from this movie or from this tv show or like from this album where the you know just a mention of some uh, place yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's imbued with this magic because of the music or or whatever the culture or whatever the yeah. significance that it has and like there's a handful of things like that for Americans maybe in other parts of the world but not I think not the same level where if, if you're like a rock and roll fan from Japan I don't I can see where being like oh America like there's, <laughs> there's stuff in America that's that's different and we're like uh you don't eat that. That's garbage. <laughs> but, I mean, the only thing I could think of is on the flip side, where Europe is the sa- often the same. Japan w- was amazing for this. Um, the road food is really good. Right. You right. know, it's like... like well, That's what I... What yeah. the hell? <laughs> yeah. You go to you stop in a German gas station, and there's, like, legit fruit. Like, yeah. And, there, and all kinds of snacks that are not... Poison. You can get, like, yeah, you can get cooked meals. Yeah. You know, like kind of like a restaurant. Yeah. That are decent. Yeah. Japan, I mean, it was, the food is amazing everywhere. And then they had like, you know, soft serve matcha. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I get the gas stations? <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Now, I just remembered, I never toured with those guys, but I, I used to be the, an intern at temporary residence. Yeah. Briefly, like for yeah, that was four or five months. That was the year when we met. We met. Uh, we met them in New York, I think. Okay. Well, and then uh, I ended up. There was like a point where because they have all their gear in Japan, and then when they come here, they just have duplicate sets of their gear. Yeah. It's in a storage unit. In I'm New York. vaguely remembering this. And so there was one tour that they did with High on Fire, mm-hmm. and because High on Fire is from California, they were starting the tour and ending the tour in California. And I ended up—I don't remember how this got placed on me. I'm sure that I was—I'm sure that I volunteered for this, but I think Jeremy at Temporary Residence said like, "Mono needs somebody to drive 
all their like rent a van, drive all their gear and merch from New York to LA. Yeah. Or I think it was drive it to Oakland and then at the end of the tour pick it up from San Diego. I can't remember it, which one. It Oof. was it was like wow. one was San Diego, one was Oakland. Yeah. And I was like, yes. They were gonna and it's like they're gonna pay someone to do this. I was like I would do that for free. (laughs) At the time, I think this was like 2006 or 2007 or something, and I was just like living in New York, doing the intern thing, and like kind of starting to get my head straight on what I wanted to do as far as touring all the time. Yeah. But not not having really fully figured it out yet. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do that. (laughs) They're going to pay for my flight. They're going to pay for the gas. Pay for hotels. And they're also going to pay me. And I was like, I would totally just do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's amazing. So I, it, was like a, it was a fun little thing to do that. And I, what I remember, though, is that um, at the end of the tour, they had just, like, filled the van with just, like, any green room. They just took all anything that was offered in a green room, they took all of it. Yeah. And that was hilarious to me that they had just, like... A, like a huge cooler full of like bottled water yeah because whenever there was like they just took if it. there were 10 bottled waters and they just took all of them even if they only drank three of them you know and then wow. they would accumulate it and then <laughs> all this stuff that was left over at the end uh, <laughs> yeah i remember them being, being goofy so only one of them drove okay the entire time i remember that okay i don't know what the reasoning was with the drummer was also the driver okay um, that's Taka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had another. They had some really interesting things they did that were very smart. Um, they had a merch person, and um, when we went to Canada, which I don't know if you've talked about this with other people, but Canada was always such a. I don't know. <laughs> I always have so much like anxiety when I cross the Canadian sure. border. Yeah. Because for some reason they think musicians are like awful people and they want to like <laughs> interrogate you always well, i don't know what the you, deal is with i mean Canada. you know that it's worse for canadians coming here like or it's just as bad if not worse really yeah because the whole issue i mean canada's actually gotten better over the last few years mm-hmm. because they started i don't know if you've gone recently but they, no it's been a while they they passed a law maybe three years ago three or four i can't remember but they basically made it so that if you're doing small time stuff you're considered an exemption from the having a work permit. Oh, good. The U.S. has not passed a similar law. <laughs> really? And so Canadians still deal with it coming oh, here. Yeah. But there's just more Americans playing music going there than there are Canadians coming here. Yeah, but, I guess. I guess. But that's all the my deal. Canadian friends are just like, "What is the deal?" Like they're so intimidated by crossing the border. Oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's the same. This is that's I, not about Canada. That's about border guards. Yeah, I guess. I guess shit. so. It just. It, I think I've run into that. It, going into Canada more than any other place. Sure. For some odd reason. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure every single time uh, somebody <laughs> is, like, you know, reliving their worst, like, moments, you know, the lowest moments, you know, like, when I was 17, I got arrested that one time. I wonder if that's why we've been sitting here for right three hours <laughs> while they're searching our van, you know? Right, like, right. <laughs> But, oh yeah, totally. You know, uh, I don't know why that all's happened, but so mono they, because like you said, they had all their merch and all yeah. this stuff, 
and of course they don't they carry tons of merch with them yeah. um, so they instead of just dealing with all that they would just take one one box of stuff and they rented a hotel room for their merch oh before the border oh Okay. Drop everything off there, sort it, and then go, come back. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Just whatever we might need for these, like, couple of shows yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. Yeah, it's nice. If you can do it, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I've done similar things. I've never rented a hotel room for it, but... When I've gone to Vancouver, if I was planning on just playing Vancouver or like a couple shows in BC and then coming back, yeah. there have been times where I'd like put a bunch of my stuff in like at a friend's house in Seattle. I'm just right. like, okay, I don't need to bring like eight boxes of vinyl. I'll bring, you know, a, a bag of vinyl. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, ten, 10 records or something that I think I might sell. And then, uh, yeah, because I've had, I mean, this is shitty too, but I've also had it worse sometimes coming back into the States where. This has only happened to me twice, but where I go to Canada, and then I'm coming back like the next day or something, and then the American side tell me that I have to pay an import tax on the merch they that I'm carrying with. And I was like, I had this with me yesterday when I crossed the border. They're like, yep, still importing. What? Like, it's not though, is it? No. I don't think it is. It's not. And they're, <laughs> but they're, one time the guy was a real hard ass, and I was trying to argue with him, and I was like, I've, I've gone into Canada with stuff like probably 20 times. Yeah. It, it's This has never come up before. It's like, do you want me to charge you the previous times? That <laughs> shut me up pretty good. You know? Assholes. <laughs> I was like, uh, such assholes. No, I do not. And yes, I will shut up now. Uh, thanks for making that clear that you're definitely not bending on this. And it's worth my time to just shut up. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, but, but border border people are... Yeah. They're shitty people for the most part. I don't know what the deal is, man. Like, I, I guess, actually, I will say the, the other bad border I've experienced is UK. Oh, yeah, totally. Really terrible. But I'm just saying, this is, this is American privilege that we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everyone coming to America from everywhere <laughs> gets a finger up their ass. Yeah. And <laughs> Americans true. have the privilege of mostly being able to go places and be sort of treated as like a welcome guest as yeah. opposed to a I mean I, I, I think um, y- you know uh, I, I caught a, maybe a little more of that right. vibe because being a brown guy yeah I'm like yeah. off white and yeah. at the t- at the time most of the time when I was touring I had a full beard yeah totally you know so beards I've, I've been that guy many times <laughs> being a little, little brownish and with a beard is, yeah. it's not, a, not yeah. ideal for crossing the border um <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think uh, it was, uh, yeah, I was going in the UK, I think it was the the, ch- the Channel Crossing or one yeah. of those places, where, I mean, li- literally the guy in front of me was, like, grilling a nun, oh, <laughs> you know, <shit. laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, oh this isn't going to go well, this you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, he very nonchalantly tried to, like, kind of... Tr- trap me but in this really just inept way you know he was like I, where I I think I think I was wearing sunglasses or something I didn't realize I was super tired from the show the night before and we had to start early and uh, he's like oh can you take off your glasses please your sunglasses so I took them off oh yeah you're tired huh you're up late partying yeah huh? yeah cool bet you did some drugs huh did you, get, you got any of that with you 
I'm like, has anyone ever said, yeah, actually? Oh, no, you got me. <laughs> you can tell from my eyes that I did drugs before and that I'm trying to smuggle them over the border. Wow. Yeah, yeah well, this is one of my worst border experiences. But again, I was trying to go to Canada. The one of the only, maybe the only time where I actually got denied uh, oh. crossing the border, which was its own terrible, shitty thing. But uh, well, I won't go way into it. But basically, it was right when they passed that law in Quebec, trying to make protest illegal. It mm. was um, I don't know if you followed this, but it was like a few years ago. There was like a big student protest. And then it kind of like grew and became like a citywide Montreal thing. And then the government of Quebec like passed a law saying that like not more than something like ten people could be in a public space together. Or basically, that's trying. insane. Yeah, it was totally insane. Which they knew that folks were going to push back and not accept it. Yeah. And so I didn't know this, but that law had been passed the day that I happened to be traveling to Montreal to play a show. And I'm used to normally, like, crossing the border and trying to not... Like, at that time, this was before they made the exemption for, you know, small-time musicians. But yeah. So I was I was prepared to have a story about how I'm not playing shows and I'm just visiting a friend and playing some music with some friends and all this stuff. I was ready for that lie, but I did not realize that they were actually looking me up and down because I was a potential rabble-rouser. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I had been... Uh, arrested at a Occupy event earlier that year mm -hmm. in DC, and that was on my record. Even though it had been thrown out, uh, it was still apparently on my record. Right. So they were tearing. So up they my knew band. that George Soros had hired you. I was a professional, <laughs> professional protester. <laughs> Thanks, George, for all the money uh, funding my tour. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wasn't prepared for that, and then. Uh, they just like rooted through my van. It was so weird. They found this sticker that was on a like a like a tin box that I had put on there probably when I was like nineteen that said vote with violence. And I don't remember if it was a band that I liked or I don't really I really don't remember. Yeah. But this was just like a sticker that had been on this thing for a long time. And they're like, What's that about? You are you violent? Are you are you trying to you know uh, anyway, so they ended up not letting me cross the border, and so. But then, even though I had not gone into Canada except for the customs, I had to go back through customs into the U.S. Ugh. And on this particular time, they decided, like, they found I had like a stash of European money, mm -hmm. and they uh, needed to count all of it, including the change. Oh my God. And that was the worst. Like, I had already spent two and a half hours at, like, trying to get into Canada. I've been denied. And then they spent, like, over an hour of me just trying to get back into the U.S. Because they were, like, counting all my change. And they were... Go I remember they were going through, like, they looked at... You know, and I guess the thing is, I, I, I usually, at that time, I was going to Europe, like, once or twice a year. And I would just keep the money yeah. I wouldn't like exchange it I'd be like oh I'll be I'll back in Denmark yeah. you know next year so I'll just bring it with me mostly because you lose some every time you exchange it right and but they were like and these are border guards but apparently they were not familiar with any of the currency of Europe and were looking at me like I had made it up or something they're like 
what the hell's a kroner? Like, <laughs> really? I, yeah, like, like I mean, was this uh, like before people use the internet to look things up? I, I don't think so. That seems pretty easy to just. Yeah, I mean, they were looking it up, but they were they were doing that cop thing of like acting uh, like so everything was suspicious, even if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, they sat there and counted all the money. Jeez. And then, you know, they were using an internet like exchange, like currency exchange thing on, uh-huh. online to because they wanted to make sure I didn't have ten thousand yeah. dollars worth, which you know I didn't have anywhere near that. <laughs> but but they didn't know that because you know I don't remember the exchange rate, but say like Swedish kroner or like maybe it's like eight to one U.S. Yeah, and like you know, there's all these different things, and some of them are a lot more. Like numerically, it's a lot more than what it would be in dollars, and yeah. so it looks like more. Anyway, they went through all of it, counted all this like bag, like a Ziploc bag of change, which I should just, I decided to just not have anymore. <laughs> now it's like I do keep the the bills, but from now on, it's like you know, the equivalent. Also, because some of those coins are like it's the equivalent of like three cents. Yeah, but yeah. Not, it's not worth counting. It's, it's not just worth when you get like the the one euro, two euro coins. Yeah. those are. Yeah. keeping yeah. I try I make a better effort now to make sure to like get those leave leave the country with just bills like, yeah if yeah. that means like stopping at the store at the airport and just like buying a yogurt or whatever yeah. it means like just get rid of the the coins because yeah. they're just a pain in the ass because of this exactly and then <laughs> so it was all that shit and then oh before you even got to that uh, so the, I guess this is what's funny. It's like, I don't know what you did. did. When you would go over, would you say you were a musician or did you guys also try to like lie and say you were like doing something else in Canada? Doing something else usually. Yeah. Like, we're, oh, we're not planning a show or this. Right. Occasionally we actually were legit and yeah. had like paperwork well, I wondered and everything. I mono if you guys, like they're a bigger band. Like, did you guys have like papers for that kind of thing? Uh, I think the deal was is, and this I, this I'm remembering now. Yeah, we we use this a bunch of times. Okay. Where uh, it was a promotional show only, okay. so we weren't getting paid. Right. Supposedly. Right. right. Which we were, but, <laughs> yeah. but that's what we said, and sure. and we had like a letter from. Okay. Wh- whoever. Yeah. Saying. Saying it was promotional. Yeah. Tour. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a legit way to do it. I don't think I ever did that, but that's. That. Yeah, that, like that, that worked pretty well. So but that that tour actually with Mono, um, would that was a really shitty border crossing. Not because of that, although there was some border drama. I remember uh, one of our bandmates had been arrested, and he was like really. It was the same thing where he was yeah. like super stressed out while they were searching our van, you know. Yeah. But right before that, as we were s- sitting in line at the border. It was standstill traffic, and this giant truck next to us that had a super long trailer of some kind. Yeah. It was like a camper van or something. I don't, uh, not an Airstream, but like a crappier, newer version okay. of that. Yeah. Um, they were to the right of us, and they started like moving forward and then cutting in front of us to pull off to the side for some reason. Okay. And completely oblivious that they had this super long trailer that was getting closer and closer to the van and I was sitting in the passenger seat looking at it and like dude that's gonna hit us and Rich who was driving started honking his horn didn't stop you know scraped 
uh, pretty bad. Oh, shit. Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, then, what be, were you in? Like a rental van or? No, it was ri- it was rich. Our drummer's van, yeah. Okay. Which shit. was pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't like. It was nice. Anyways, um, uh, yeah, it's like couldn't open the passenger door anymore. (laughs) And, you know, after a while they realized they stopped and then there was this whole dance of like them trying to like extricate without further damaging the van. And then we had to pull off the side of the road and they were Quebecois. Okay. Who didn't speak English? Okay. <laughs> I I was the one only one who had taken like two years of high school French. Okay. Yeah. So I was like <laughs> trying to be like, what the fuck, dude? And what I, I remember. What's, what's what the fuck in French? You know? <laughs> I think what what he what he that dude said was like, you know, in Quebecois French was why didn't why didn't you move? Why didn't you get away? Or something like that. <laughs> And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Look at this, like, standstill traffic. We have nowhere to go. (laughs) What do you fucking want? (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we almost were late for that show, which was, would have sucked. Yeah. It was super stressful. Shit. Well, that just made me think, though, so that that same dude who didn't know what a Danish kroner was, Mm -hmm. when I first got there oh yeah I was just gonna say normally if I'm going into Canada at that time I would lie and just say like they'd say what's your occupation and I'd say student or something like that's what I do um but on the way back in there's no reason to lie and I just assume lie as little as possible for fear of you know getting caught in it so when coming back in the states they asked me occupation I said musician and the guy looked me up and down and was like you don't look like a musician to me <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. I I think he said you don't look like a professional musician to me. And I was like, man, I don't know what you think musicians look like. Uh, And he was expecting, like, the suit and tie or what? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. He was also, like, a... He was, like, this buzz cut, like, military-looking dude. Yeah. So... I was trying to guess like what music he listens to and I my guess was like maybe he listens to, like hair metal or something and that he wanted me to be dressed like in all leather or, or <laughs> I don't know be more of a rock star you know yeah my like long hair and bandana I don't know so funny man I don't know what costume he was expecting so funny I, I always find people's um, well I, I guess I should say not people's but authorities interactions with musicians to yeah. be Particularly weird. Yeah. Yeah, borders, borders suck. <laughs> but yeah, nowadays it's a little bit... It's better for Americans, but it's still shitty for everybody else. Yeah. And it's funny, you you mentioned that. I didn't even... It didn't cross my mind. That, yeah, that we definitely have a level of privilege. Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, and I'm aware of it partly because I've done most of my touring in Europe. I mean, outside of North America, but... Even just, like, growing up... I grew up in Southern California, and I became aware, like, okay, you go to Mexico, it's quick getting over, but then when you come back, it takes fucking forever. Forever. And that's the thing. It's like, that is indicative of the economic system and the social class system of Mexico and the U.S., right? That, That everybody wants to get to America, so, you know, supposedly so 
they have to like check every single thing and yeah. I remember there too yeah. when you in San Diego or like just north of San Diego there's these weird signs I think they're still there like they're these signs that are basically like a deer crossing sign with oh people. with the people yeah and it's like a guy like a family pulling yeah but it's like it's like this guy dragging his yeah. wife and then she's dragging a kid and it's they're like flying in the air kind of yeah. yeah it's like they're making them run for it it's not just like people yeah. you know walking or something right right or even people running it's like it's it's almost like a caricature or something though i always found those signs super disturbing and i always man i, f- I fucking love going to mexico yeah it's so great there yeah yeah, yeah people great. are nice um uh for all our, all our americans talk of like freedom this and that yeah you don't see all these signs everywhere in mexico telling you what not to do huh I hadn't thought about that. I've definitely noticed that in Canada. Yeah. But partly it's, I think, well, I guess this has more to do with advertising in the States compared to Canada. There's just a lot fewer billboards. Yeah. And there's big chunks of Canada you can drive through where there's really nothing. Nothing. There's just, you're just driving and there's the occasional road sign when necessary, but that's it. I remember one time driving through Ontario and realizing like, I haven't seen a billboard in like two hours. Fuck yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that doesn't really happen in the States anyway. Uh, yeah. But also, I mean, on, on that privilege thing, I think of when um, the first time I went to South America, or the only time I've been to South America, uh, I showed up at the airport with my passport and I showed it to the woman at the like, check-in counter and She's looking at my ticket. She's looking at my passport. And she's like, cool. So I just need your visa. And I was like, um, I already paid for the ticket. Like, I don't know why you need to see my credit card. And she's like, no, no, your travel visa. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't know what you're saying. I had no idea that to go to Brazil as an American, you need a travel visa because I'd ever only ever gone to like Canada, Mexico and Europe. And as an American, you don't. And she's like, um, yeah, honey, you need a, oh, <laughs> you need a travel visa to go to Brazil. Um, you don't have that. I was like, I, I don't. She's like, yeah, so you're not going to be on this plane. I'm sorry. Ooh. She was super nice. And she was immediately tried to figure out the next flight that I could get on. Yeah. Routing me through Houston, where the Brazilian consulate is, so that I could, like, get an emergency travel visa nice which meant like flying into houston in the early early morning taking a bus to the consulate staying in line for hours yeah getting the same day travel visa for a lot of money and then getting on another flight to brazil (laughs) did you miss any shows i played like two shows okay it was it was mostly just to go and like check out brazil that's cool um and yeah, and then talking to people there, I became aware of, it's like, yeah, you know that, like, most places, if you're from anywhere but the U.S., you need a visa to go there. <laughs> yeah. That's how that works. It's just the U.S. has kind of got privileged status with Europe, and so if you only go to Europe or, like, certain places, you... Did don't. that change? I heard rumbles that, you know, oh. because of, like, orange monkey face, yeah. uh, that... that uh, <laughs> That uh, there was going to be like visas required now for Americans. I don't know about that. That's, I mean, that is very possible. I think that 
I haven't followed all of it. There's, it's like one of those things where there's so many fires going at any given time <laughs> that I feel like some of them I just lose track of. Yeah. But last I heard, he was trying to pick a fight with Canada mm-hmm. and was like, what are you doing? What you Canada's doing? so nice. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> but it was just like he made up. He just made up that we were in a trade deficit with them. And, yeah, and yeah. Like, we need to be harder on our tariffs or something. Right, and, tariffs, right. And Trade war. It's like, we're going to... Yeah, I don't know. Fuck that guy. Yeah. But so, I don't know if they've changed it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some changes in terms of the way the rest of the world starts acting towards the U.S. And on a policy yeah. level, I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. Obviously, it's already embarrassing to be an American and go anywhere else. And be like, I didn't vote for him. I, I am sorry. I know, I know it's shitty. I didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh. I mean, to be fair, though, there's a lot of fascists popping up all over the yeah. world right now. Yeah. It's not just here. It's not just here. That's, that's true. Um. But I wonder. Yeah, I guess I wonder what it'll mean as far as travel. Because this whole America first sort of concept is very racist well very racist but like it's also it sort of plays into the thing one of the things i hate about the states which is like how isolated we are from most of the world that you know americans don't travel internationally nearly as much as a lot of other countries with similar uh expendable income yeah yeah you just kind of stay in your own hometown and don't go anywhere Mm -hmm. you may go to a different state at the most or something you know don't um, experience other cultures, other. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, you know, not everybody has money to travel, obviously, but I think my experience at a really early age of travel was like, oh, it's cool to see that people do things differently than in different places, and it, I do think that it breeds a kind of not just tolerance, but just an open-mindedness mm-hmm. of of that the way you do things is not the only way they're done. Exactly. You know, yeah. and I, and speaking of borders, actually, I remember being 17 and being in Europe for the first time and driving from Germany into Belgium and just seeing just a sign that says Bienvenue à Belgique and just that's it. There's no border, there's no guards, there's no, you know, guns, there's no wall, there's yeah. just a sign that says welcome to Belgium and that's it. And uh, that blew my mind. Again, having grown up on Southern California. Southern California. Where, like my only border experience was like waiting for hours to get back into the U.S. <laughs> and then, you know, everyone being criminalized for trying to cross the border. It blew my mind. And yeah. That it completely changed the way I thought about borders. That like, oh, you need that kind of border to maintain a certain kind of like political relationship. It's not that that's just how borders are. That that's yeah. how borders are between a country that is exploiting another country. <laughs> like that's, that's what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess I'm just saying that I imagine one of the consequences of this America first kind of bullshit is that more and more Americans will make even less trips out of the country because now it will be even harder to do so probably in yeah. some places. I, yeah, I'm not sure, but... I'm thankful and you know I want my kid to experience the same things like yeah get out of the fucking country meet meet other people see how other people live yeah it's amazing I mean I think I think every single time I mean you live this 
So it's, <laughs> but every single time uh, I go on tour and I come back, I have like at least a minor perspective shift of some yeah. kind, you know, yeah. like some kind of epiphany about daily life. Right. Um, because it breaks the routine. Travel right. breaks the routine. Yeah. You're, you come, you're taken out of your everyday familiar things and you see new things every day and it makes you see the world differently. Ch- yeah. changes your perspective. Yeah. Did your perspective change by the guy with his hand in his pants? <laughs> did nice. you, did Bring you come it back? back. <laughs> that, that's my callback. Uh, did, um, did you think, oh, maybe I should do that. Maybe if I host people... Next time I'll just answer the door in my tiny lighters and just be playing with myself for hours on end. I no, I didn't I didn't put myself in his shoes. Maybe I should have. Maybe you should have. Yeah, I think yeah. is the lesson here. Yeah. That's obviously the lesson here. <laughs> well man, I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for having me over. Yeah, thanks for coming. Good hanging. This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.